For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to the show. Grant Cohn, Rohan Chakravarti. Good to see you. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. So you look like you're kind of in prison, but you're not. You're in a dorm room. Where are you at? I'm in my apartment figuring out the setup, you know, uh, things like that. But uh, Madison, Wisconsin? Yeah, Madison, Wisconsin. Great school. Great town. Thanks for joining me. We got a day off for the 49ers. So let's take stock of where they stand heading into week one. Uh, the big story this week is something the Niners tried to like say is like, hey, nothing to see here. Don't look. Deloading. It's a new term. It's a new concept. They didn't tell us it was going to be happening, but it happened. Brock Purdy went from throwing 700 passes a week, which sounds like a pitch count in and of itself, to half that this week. And that's just the plan that they never told us about. Sounds like the kind of thing you would do if a quarterback were experiencing, call it what you want, arm tiredness, arm fatigue, dead arm, they used to call it back in the, if you have anything like that, good time to throttle back and deload or whatever BS term you want to call it. What do you think is going on here? Do you give the Niners the benefit? Do you take their ex their explanation at face value, which is fair, or are you starting to wonder? I mean, you kind of have to wonder. I said this with Ryan Hensley the other day. Is it a story at the moment? Not necessarily, because we did see Brock Purdy go through the majority of preseason playing as normally and then go through the majority of training camp and things like that. However, you do have to wonder, right, coming into week one, you don't want your quarterback, especially your starting quarterback, the guy who you've kind of now said is the face of the franchise, limited it all. And unfortunately, the 49ers are, you know, they're maneuvering uh, behind the scenes. They're saying how he initially was on that, you know, that pitch count. And now he's on a different kind of deloading kind of period. You do have to worry a little bit. At the moment, I'm not as worried. But if this kind of lingers into the beginning of week one and, you know, the preparation for week one, that's where you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Here's why I don't take the Niners at face value. I just feel like I can't. Let's go back to Trey Lance. Remember, he broke his finger year one, right, in that preseason game against the Raiders. And then he, he played in the first drive of the first game. He started two games that season. He came back, was the starter next year. The Niners didn't say a word about the finger. No. They didn't say it was a problem. They essentially said it was no problem. Named him the starter. He broke his leg. He broke his ankle. And then they rewrite history and say, well, the reason he didn't really you know, develop the way we wanted. And he, the reason he couldn't fix his mechanics until year three is because he had this devastating 
devastating f- finger injury that we lied about. We didn't lie about that. We downplayed. Right. It's like, okay, fair enough. But like, is that what's happening now? Are you downplaying this? And if he doesn't have the greatest season, are you going to come back next year and be like, well, I mean, I mean, his, his elbow was like messed up. I mean, they've done stuff like that before. And I mean, you've got to even question it, right? Because like, I think a lot of this stuff is coming out now, right? We're about yeah. Trey Lance about like, you know, this finger injury kind of really derailed his season. He played, they played him a lot, like not a lot, but they played him in week one and then yep. got shut out. And then they played him in week four and then they played him in week 17 with the season on the line. You know, you could have brought somebody else in, but overall yeah. it's like, you know, you can, you can use this as an excuse if you didn't play him, but they played him a lot. They even included And he him threw, he threw the ball. He wasn't just running the ball. Exactly. I mean, yeah. and so you do have to, you, that's why I'm saying you do definitely have to wonder, have to wonder. If it into week one, if it comes to Purdy, because you're not getting the full story until you see, you know, what really is out there. And so, you know, you, you don't want to see a, an injured Brock or like a limited Brock week one where you're running the ball every single down against a tough Pittsburgh Steelers team. I just feel like the Niners do this where it's like, they'll say, it's not an issue, nothing to see here. It's not an issue, nothing to see here. Then next year, if something went wrong, actually retroactively, that was the problem. And that's our excuse. And that's what we're going to say. And people are like, okay, yeah, that's fair. Like, I just don't know what to think with this team. They keep changing their story weekly, daily. They changed their story on Trey Lance eight million times. To me, I don't. I, like, don't, hey, I don't even want to. Right? I love Trey. Right, right. I don't even want to listen to what they're saying about Brock Purdy and his arm. I just want to trust my eyes. And what I see is a guy who's ahead of schedule, who's working really hard to come back this year because next year isn't guaranteed for him as a starter of this team, and he's being very aggressive in his rehab. And if I had to guess, I would think. He needs this. It probably wasn't part of the plan. And we'll see how long he makes, how long his elbow makes it through the year. I, I, I think the issue with the elbow is like stamina, strength, and endurance. Like, yeah, you could be ready week one. You look great in the preseason. His first practice, he was throwing the ball down the field. But what are you going to look like months in? Are you going to be exhausted? Are you going to be deloading during the season? Or is there going to be a week where your arm just can't take it and you need a week off and Sam Darnold plays? Like, is that? Don't know. And I feel like they're not going to tell us, Rohan. And here's the thing I'll say. I think the 49ers, one thing that they should have done earlier, I like what they've done, but one thing they should have done earlier, if this was the way your offseason was going to go, name Brock the starter back in June. Don't say the door yes. for anybody else. Then you don't make him be over-aggressive in his rehab to come back on the field. You allow right. him you know, ease himself in in training camp play maybe a preseason game and then get ready for week one instead of having him come back nearly like three weeks ahead of what is scheduled 12 week, you know, or 12, whatever it is, you know, I agree. You, you got to make sure like if, if this is your certainty, if you thank you, uncertainty is not really a thing. Right. And this is something where I've said, this is my main gripe with Kyle Shanahan. We know I'm more of a Kyle guy than you are, but overall you have to make sure that like, you secure this position and not injure the guy who you believe is going to be your starting quarterback. Just name it back in June, allow him to re rehab, allow him to get back on a timely manner. And so you're ready for week one. I mean, you called him the real deal, which people interpreted as, you know, our answer at quarterback, our franchise quarterback, but Kyle's tried to walk that back. He says, you know, it just means you're a viable starter or something. And he keeps calling him like, just like the rookie, the, the quarterback on the rookie deal that they have. I think they're not super wedded to Brock. They just want a good quarterback on a rookie deal. Who's cheap. And right now that's Brock. It used to be Trey. It could be Sam Donald tomorrow. So I think what's kind of understood for Brock is that like this whole season's a tryout for you. 
if he were the franchise guy and the Niners really thought he was special in the real deal, they wouldn't be rushing him back. They would be going very slowly with him because they had the, they have 15 years ahead of him with him. Uh, they would be thinking about week four, week five. They like Sam Darnold, right? I mean, they can, they can win with Sam Darnold. So the fact that he has to come back and play week one feels like there's an, an, an implied, like, hey, man, like it's your job for now. We like Sam Darnold. So come back. And I think that's the wrong way to handle it. And you're going to see some side effects of such a grueling, aggressive, unreasonable uh, plan. And, I mean, overall, when you look at it, right, if, if they named it, if Purdy's there, you know, that's a good news. But I think this is more so posturing for 2024 where they're ready to pivot off Brock Purdy if he's not your guy in 2024. You know, Jed, don't let it happen, Jed. Don't let it I'm talking right to you, Jed, man. Come on. They're on plan D. No, they're on plan L at quarterback right now. Don't let them keep spending. You. Do you know how much money the Niners would have to spend for Kirk Cousins? That's an expensive mistake. He'd be 36 coming here. Don't do it. My God, sorry, I just cut you off, but I got I got upset. No, but that's exactly where I'm going to go, right? Kirk Cousins. I mean, that, to me, if the 49ers, because Kyle right now, I think he's feeling some, he's sensing some urgency. He, he mm-hmm. himself, I don't even know if he's on the hot seat because I don't, I don't know if Jed York truly wants. Well, we're going to talk about that next. Yeah, and we but, but overall, yeah. I think that he wants urgency himself, and Kirk Cousins provides him probably the best chance to win a Super Bowl. If we're truly being honest. Given the talent that he is a quarterback, the only thing is, if you do that, you're going all in on 2024, and you're pivoting after that, essentially saying we're going to tank the years after that because we won't have the money to pay all of our players. I just want to point out before before Jed York lets Kyle Shanahan sign Kirk Cousins for like 150 million dollars guaranteed or whatever. Just want to point out that the Yorks gave Jimmy Garoppolo 121 million dollars. And then they gave Trey Lance $27.8 million. I don't care how rich they are. That's a lot of money on quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan completely lost interest in. And now you're going to let him pick another one when he picked those two also? Like, have some respect and pride and do what's... No. No. Say no. Just say no. Can't do it. We'll see. That's a, that's a topic, you know, the, the Kirk Cousins story. But overall, I mean, it just goes back to the point of where Kyle Shanahan is truly not done well with this quarterback situation. And it's funny because we, we – How could you say that? It's just been unusual, Rohan. Take it back! <laughs> and we keep reading articles about how Kyle Shanahan is a quarterback whisperer and things like that. I don't understand. Like, he puts quarterbacks in good situations. He is not a good evaluator at quarterback. And he's not, you know, in terms of playbook, but he's not. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just talking, not in the pocket, (laughs) not in the pocket, but I feel you. I know what you mean. I'm sorry. I just made a face, but But I feel you. That's the main point. Yeah. um, Do you you truly want to, and again, this is again, the 49ers, they're posturing because they don't really know what they want to do next. And if you don't want a Super Bowl this year, you're telling me the Niners don't have a long-term plan at quarterback. Get the hell out of here. Now you're just now you're just trolling for for views and clicks, man. You're saying the Niners don't have a coherent plan. Shoot, Are you saying that they have a weird situation at quarterback? You could get your credential taken away saying the word weird in Santa Clara. You're not allowed to say weird anymore. It's it's, it's out. You can't say weird. You can't, you can't say the real deal. Well, actually, everyone's the real deal in Santa Clara. It's very nice. Everyone's egalitarian down there. You're the real deal, I guess. You're the real deal. When it comes to reporters. You're the real deal, man. All right, let's take a couple of super chats. It's one, Ethan. Chances of Lance getting a ring before Kyle. 
Man, the Niners and the Cowboys are so mirror images of each other. I don't know. Maybe neither. All right, let's move on. You mentioned it earlier, but what's at stake for Kyle Shanahan this season? It feels like there really hasn't been much at stake for him. Maybe 2019 felt like he kind of had to make the playoffs. You can't like go, you can't miss the playoffs the first three years of your career and keep your job usually. So he went to the Super Bowl, got an extension. Things have been really cool for him since. But now, like, it seems like most people are looking at him and saying, like, yeah, really good coach, but not only have you not figured out the quarterback situation, but it's, like, getting weird. And we're starting to lose confidence in your ability to figure it out for whatever reason. And it seems like his own fans are really, a lot of them, are really upset with him before he's even lost a game this year. Because of this Trey Lance thing, it just, in terms of vibes, it's got a little like Harbaugh's last year vibe, which may or may not be fair, considering Harbaugh was coming off three straight NFC Championship games, and then it all fell apart. So, do you think there's something at stake for Kyle this year? Or do you think he's essentially definitely going to be the, the head coach here next year, no matter what? So, I think in two different ways. I think of what Kyle Shanahan thinks, and I think of what ownership thinks. When you talk about Kyle Shanahan specifically, I said it earlier. I think there's a sense of urgency from him himself. He wants to get this narrative under him because, like you said, if a Super Bowl is there, everything about Kyle Shanahan, every concern is erased because you won the Super Bowl. You're the, you, you know, that's the thing that's evaded you, and you won the Super Bowl. However, mm-hmm. from an ownership perspective, and I'm, I'm a Kyle guy, but I, I'm just being realistic, I honestly don't think that. Jed York is going to look to fire Kyle Shanahan. I don't think that he can stomach it because mm. we saw after Jim Harbaugh, the plethora of coaches the 49ers went through that really did not help the franchise. Instead, they turned the franchise down. And then you see what Kyle Shanahan has done, not only in terms of you know uh, culture, things like that, winning, but also money. Kyle yeah. Shanahan has regenerated money in Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you know Jed York, the only way that he lets go of Kyle Shanahan is letting his contract expire. But hmm. I don't even think he, he I don't I don't even think he'll do that at least until 2026, right? I don't think that Kyle Shanahan moves on until 2026. But yeah. he himself, I think there's urgency with himself saying, we got you know, there's been a couple of screw-ups, especially with Trey Lance. There's been a couple of screw-ups with the way that we've handled things. We need to move on. We need to figure out a way to kind of get this narrative under us. So I think there is urgency from his part. I think he's under the most scrutiny he's been. I don't think the, the Yorks want to fire him, but I think they're looking at him a little differently. Like after all the money and resources they've poured into the quarterback situation, like I think they got to get it right now with Brock and, and Sam Darnold. I think they have to. So like, let's say this season Brock gets hurt and doesn't make it through or ha- or comes back down to earth a little bit or Sam Darnold has to play and isn't good. It's I think he's, people are going to start to lose confidence in Kyle Shanahan, especially if like, say, Jimmy Garoppolo plays well on the Raiders or Trey Lance gets a shot with the, with the uh, Cowboys and looks decent. Like everyone's saying it's messy and weird with this quarterback situation. It could get worse than messy and weird. You know, it could get ridiculous. And if it gets there, I feel like he's starting to lose job security. So he goes back to the NFC championship game, of course, but if they're like one and done in the playoffs and the quarter, they go into next season with no clarity at the quarterback spot, maybe looking for another one. I think at that point, everyone's starting to look at Kyle like, you really trust this dude to pick the next one? You really trust this dude to even pick him, coach him, keep him healthy, get him the same? You know, so I think that's at stake for him. He, need, he needs to change the narrative on this quarterback thing. It's not weird and messy. Brock's the freaking guy or Sam's the freaking guy. And we're like, it has to be like that. Otherwise, if these dudes falter, Kyle falters. I think he's tied to them. 
both of them. He, he spoke so highly. You called the one guy the next Steve Young, and he's your backup. No, we don't want to. No, dude, you love these quarterbacks, man. Make it work. Make it. They, they need to be here for like the next few years, both of them. No, and I mean, if you talk about Kyle and these quarterbacks, the issue is I honestly don't think this narrative goes away unless the 49ers win a Super Bowl. And if I'm being realistic, based on what I saw in training camp, based on what I saw in the preseason, there's definitely optimism around Brock. There's definitely optimism around a guy like Sam Donald as well. But do we really think the 49ers are going to win a Super Bowl this year? In my personal opinion, no. I don't think the 49ers are talented enough to win a Super Bowl this year, especially hinging on that quarterback position. First of all, we've seen injuries at the quarterback position in five of the last six years for, uh, under the Kyle Shanahan regime. Not only that, we've also just seen a, just a plethora of quarterback mishandling. You know, that's Kyle Shanahan's main issue. And while you can understand that, you know, you can have success in, in Kyle Shanahan's way without a strong quarterback option and instead a strong complementary team, you can't win a Super Bowl that way. The, the last yeah. People will point out the Trent Dilfers and things like that. That was in 2000. The NFL has yeah. changed. When you look at the last few Super Bowls, especially when you look at guys on a rookie contract, this is something that I think people misconceive. You win with a quarterback on a rookie option because you then can use the salary cap elsewhere. But it's not like the rookie uh, rookie quarterbacks were bad. You got They're Taylor, all great. You got Patrick Mahomes, even J Jared Goff that year. You know, yeah. He was a great system quarterback that was yeah. the top 10 quarterback in the league that year. You need a yeah. good quarterback option. And I think Period. Period. You don't want to overspend on a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, but essentially if you have a top seven, eight, nine quarterback, it doesn't really matter what you're paying for. You have a chance if you're because if you're a good drafting team and you don't throw away first round picks all the time, you can fill in. I mean, look at what the Eagle, what the what the Chiefs do. I think the problem with the Niners, they keep telling themselves that they're like the Super Bowl team and they got the window. I feel like Kyle Shanahan's roster construction is flawed. You're trying to pour all your money and resources into everything except quarterback and offensive line. Really? I mean, I know you have the best left tackle, but other than that, you don't. Like you, you don't spend on anything on your offense. Everyone's a bargain, and your quarterbacks too. I don't. I think that's a flaw. I think you need to be spending on your offensive line. I think they're not invested enough. And if they were more invested in their offensive line, they might have won a Super Bowl with Jimmy freaking Garoppolo, or they might win one with Sam Darnold or or Brock Purdy. So that's that's why I don't necessarily take the Niners seriously. I just look at them thinking like. And Brock's not going to make it through this year. And if he doesn't, yeah, no chance. You you don't know what's going on in 24. And when Grant talks about, you know, investing in the offensive line, that doesn't mean pouring $20 million per position or anything like that. But draft capital, right? Yeah. Trent Williams, you don't have a first-round pick on the offensive line. Hell. Dude, you didn't even draft an offensive lineman this year at all. At all. That was an issue. when You drafted, you drafted a tight end. When you draft a tight Kicker. end who isn't going to make the roster, I mean, like, you know, he's on IR. And these were moves that the issue is these. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. These are moves that we're not talking about now. We were talking about yeah. back in March and April, you know, when the yeah. 49ers selected these players. 
that this was going to be an issue. You had tackles available in that third round. I know, um, you know, there, you can, we can name names like Wanya Morris went at 94. You could have traded up for an offensive tackle with an extra fifth round pick instead of selecting nine, 10 guys. You know, there were different, different options that were there at tackle. And instead, what does this mean? The 49ers now have to go ahead and draft a tackle in 24 regardless. They've got to draft one likely with their first round pick, but that might be for Trent Williams. That might not be on the right side. The option instead, if you had a tackle on the right side, you know, you could have had him develop and then be the guy in 2024. But now you don't have that option. You might have to wait another year for that. Yep. Yep. I think it's a big year for Kyle Shanahan. I think the the narrative about him has finally shifted. Like coming into this last year is always looked at as the number one offensive coach, number one or two, him and Andy Reid. And the next guy who's going to be a Super Bowl champion. Now people are looking at it like he this quarterback thing might be his Achilles heel and he needs to prove that it's not. He needs to change the narrative. That's why he got so upset with Matt Mayoko. When Mayoko, Mayoko, who's like the most reasonable person and kind of represents how most Niner fans feel, was just sitting there real calmly saying, "I kind of agree with I I do agree with Jimmy. This is weird and it's fair to call it what it is." And Kyle's like, "No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's like yeah, man, you need to change that narrative, right? The whole, everyone agrees with Jimmy. This can't, this, it can't be weird anymore. And I think the Yorks probably agree. And you got to unweirdify this, unmessify this, make it clear, make it. Ma, ma, you you stake you, you stake your reputation on Purdy and Darnold. Be right, be right. Don't pivot next year. You can't pivot anymore. That's a double dribble. You already left. You you created a clear. I don't know what I'm talking about. But but that's a double dribble. You do understand what, like, what what Grant means. It's a travel. It's a travel. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man. Sorry. But, but no, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, you you do understand what you mean. Like in in terms of the quarterback situation, right? It's not only Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not only Trey Lance. It's all the moves you wanted to make in between those. And that's where last week, when we talk about the issue with Trey Lance, to be honest. I don't have an issue with the way they executed their plan. I don't even have an issue with this year because it seemed like, you know, they were out on him early. They were out on him early. But overall, the issue overall was the main plan. The, the plan itself was the issue. You can't go ahead and, first of all, when you're looking actively looking for a starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, or even a backup quarterback, Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater, so many different options out there, and then go ahead with the option that you were publicly out on, after trading three first round picks up for a spot, I think the overall plan was screwed up. And really, when you when when you understand it, given how quarterbacks or sorry head coaches are tied to quarterbacks, that's three years of a window that that's now gone. And the 49ers, you know, could have had a perfect opportunity to win a Super Bowl because a lot of their young talent that was really at the top of the league were on rookie contracts. That's not the case now. You have seven, eight big big deals, and while you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. Your window is starting to disappear and disappear, whereas you kind of need to win in the next two years. Otherwise, the 49ers might be in a precarious position. And I think it's interesting. It's just like Kyle's attitude is like, okay, yeah, like we threw away the, the, the three first-round picks. We thought we needed someone like Trey Lance, but then we realized we didn't need someone like Trey Lance, and we just didn't really give him – he just didn't fit our timeline. So we got rid of him, but we got, we got Brock Purdy, so LOL, who cares? And I think a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo saying like, nah, that's messy. And I feel really, I think a lot of people felt for Trey, like, man, you got caught up in something, you know, you got drafted to a team that didn't have a plan for you. Everyone kind of felt for Trey, including Jimmy Garoppolo, who Trey was brought in to replace. And I think, I mean, that's, that's pretty, 
powerful stuff. So the, the, the fact that like Kyle just threw him away, he needs to be proven right on this. He needs to be, he needs to prove that he's not a careless, incompetent person when it comes to quarterbacks. Cause that's sort of the narrative that's getting pointed, painted right now. Right. Careless, I mean, you, incompetent. You, you, you can, you can argue whether or not, you know, the, the narrative around Kyle Shanahan's fear. I think obviously with the way the Trey Lance situation transpired, there's a lot of negativity going around the 49ers right now. Just it's, it's piling on negativity, but the only way to really erase the negativity is, to win that Super Bowl. And yeah. that's what Kyle Shanahan's next task is because that ultimately wipes away the quarterback concerns for him. Keep Brock Purdy healthy. So if that means deloading him this week, okay. Uh, let's take some super chats. Leo says, were, not, were there not reports that Brock was 100% and would be practicing without restrictions? Yes, two weeks ago. I swear I remember those reports right after Lance was QB3. So you could say like it's the Niners aren't under oath and they it's not necessarily in their interest to be 100% transparent and that's true but just given the way they've talked about things recently and how they've been so inconsistent in the past it's my inclination to not necessarily take them as face value and when they say that there's no more restrictions and he's not in a pitch count my attitude is yeah okay um I'll believe it when I, I'll believe that when I see it and I mean Leo. this is this is something where you know you you, you kind of hope that They've done it a little earlier so that you don't face the situation you are in right now. Yeah. Jeff Christensen says, Mike McCarthy has already identified Lance needs footwork improvement. Kyle is not a quarterback whisperer. He is a play caller designer. I would have to agree that he is a play caller designer. I've watched him. You've watched him. He's not a hands-on coach. He doesn't get in drills. He doesn't participate in drills except for the one where he throws interceptions. Uh, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't really teach, even though he was a wide receiver. Harbaugh did. You weren't at those, but Harbaugh used to teach all kind of stuff. Um, that's just who he was. Jay, this weird, unique, deloading team with so many questions is going seven and ten. Trade Kyle, fire John. You guys are great together. More Grant and Rohan. It's all him, baby. It's all him, Burton. Timothy Lincecum. Daza says, doesn't Kyle Shanahan at least, at best, have only two years given the contracts and ages of players like Trent Kittle, Armstead, Juice, and New Bosa and BA contracts? I he could have the rest of his. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like this is his team. This is his franchise forever. Gabe's Niner says, I can't be the only one that feels like Brock Purdy has been rushed back. Are there any similarities between Trey Lance's fatigue and Brock Purdy's deloading? I don't know. They're not exactly being transparent with us, Gabe's. We'll find out. Brady Hill, other than guys dancing around before the play, what is special about Kyle's offense? Oh, that was rude. I liked it. I liked it. He does call a lot of attention to himself with the, with the shifts. Now, there is a competitive advantage, but it's all very much like, look at Kyle doing his thing. It's like, can't you? You have the best players on the offense, in the league on offense, right? The best weapons. Can't you go, like, hurry up sometimes? Can't you? No? We need the motion. You need the motion. Brooks, Kyle Shanahan, the quarterback whisperer, but whispers, I effing hate you. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. All right. Let's do a little thought experiment. Okay. The Niners usually have a lot of injuries. They're usually top 10 and like games missed to injury every year. But let's assume they are really healthy this year. They essentially, all their good players are there for most of the season, if not all the season, except Nick Bosa. Something weird happens with Nick and he misses a few games because of his contract thing. And then he comes back and he's not right and he gets hurt and they just don't have Nick this year. What happens to the team then? I mean, how many, where, where, did the, where could this team go? Without Nick Bosa. 
This is a tough question. I mean, overall, obviously, this offseason, we've seen this team without Nick Bosa. Are you that confident in the pass rush? But also, are you that confident in the overall group as run defenders? Because Nick Bosa is not just a great pass rusher. He's a very solid run defender. And instead, if you it goes from Nick Bosa to Drake Jackson. That's that's the drop-off, right? Whereas Drake Jackson is going to be the guy who subs in if Nick Bosa is out. I think this team doesn't doesn't go as, as strong as they are because the symbiotic relationship between the pass rush and the uh, and the cornerbacks, you know, that's gone without Nick Bosa. Now, I do I do want to say this: the 49ers kind of prepared for this because they did sign Javon Hargrave, who is a very very good pass rusher. But you do have to worry about the run defense because it's not True. just one gap that the 49ers are now, you know, uh, looking or teams are looking to exploit on the 49ers. Javon Hargrave is the guy they'll run at, but they'll also run to the outside. You've got an inside guy and an outside guy that you kind of can scheme against. And so that's something that you do have to worry about a little bit more. I do think that Nick Bosa, as crazy as this sounds, despite him being the most valuable player on the team in terms of defense, I do think, though, that there are some other players where if you have them gone, their importance is a little more for this specific team. I'm going to say something crazy, maybe outrageous, but I think the Niners could survive. I think they could win the division. I think they could go far without Nick Bosa. Maybe not win the Super Bowl, maybe, but they had a top five defense with Robert Sala in 2020 uh, when Bosa missed the whole season. And what you'd have to do is blitz more on third down, but Steve wow. Wilkes has a whole history of that. You do have a number one corner in Traverius Ward who can shadow the best wide receiver on third down and force you to go elsewhere like they had with Jason Verrett a few years ago. Obviously, be better with Nick Bosa, but this team is, has so much talent on offense. They do have two really good D tackles. They have the best middle linebacker, a really good corner, two really good safeties. I feel like they could. They wouldn't have the number one defense, but I feel like they'd still be a really good team and they'd still have a good enough defense to I mean they were scoring 35 points a game down I don't expect that again this year but I, I just feel like they could survive without Nick but they could they could probably get another edge rusher if they needed to edge rushers are kind of abundant you could sign one you could trade for one maybe they're thinking that like you know Nick Bosa's a great player but our defense was good without him that year I don't know obviously you'd rather say, have him I don't this. think it'd be the end of the world no but I'll say this I don't know if it's just me with the trade possibility of Nick Bosa out there, you know, I know a lot, uh, John Lynch and all have tried to squash it, but the trade possibility out there, my mind has kind of been spinning, you know. What can the 49ers get for Nick Bosa? And I'm not saying the 49ers should trade him. Good to know. That, what is the exact value? Yeah. That hole, I think, would be tremendous. And I'll say What do you think this, it would be? I think it could be two first-round picks and a player. That's that's the type of hole that I I would agree with that. You could almost get three, although you might just rather – with with Bosa – I'd be scared to trade him for picks because the Niners just are awful at drafting around one. I might just rather trade him for a quarterback. Do you think you could do that? Who's the best I, quarterback you could get for Nick Bosa? The issue with quarterback, and I know that we don't like talking semantics and stuff, but the issue with mm -hmm. quarterback is truly the contract situation where yeah. it's, it's so hard to trade quarterbacks unless they're going to get, you know, unless they haven't been paid yet. So it would probably be a guy who's still on his rookie deal because a guy like a lot of people like to throw out Justin Herbert. He just got paid that massive deal. The, the Chargers would have to take like $150 million in did cap to trade him. So that's the main issue with it to where I, I kind of set settle on picks. But I'll, I'll, Trade I'll, him for CJ Stroud. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that could work. You know, hey, Tomiko, uh, here you go. You know, that, that could that, – like something, mm, something like that. Something yeah. like that maybe. But I want to go excited. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Nick Bosa, right? 
do you think trading Nick Bosa extends the 49ers championship window because they don't pay another player? I would trade Nick Bosa. I would trade Nick Bosa. I don't like the idea of spending quarterback money on a, on a non-quarterback. He doesn't throw the ball. He's a great player, but he doesn't play quarterback. And you're paying him like he's a quarterback. So I don't care about your cheap quarterback room. You have an expensive quarterback room. It's just your quarterback plays defensive end. Sweet. That's a really important position, but quarterback's a way more important position. We've seen Nick Bosa get neutralized in playoff games. And one of the things that sucks about playing defense in general, it seems like on the biggest stage, the NFL wants scoring. So on the fourth quarter, you can hold Nick Bosa. Kind of seems like it. Didn't that happen in the in the Super Bowl already? Like, Niners are still upset. Oh, Nick Bosa got held. Yeah, and he'll get held again the next time you're in the Super Bowl, and they won't call it because they want 38-35. They want 45-44. And that's what they got last year. So, yeah, I would trade him for someone who plays quarterback. Or even right tackle. I, I'm starting to feel like right tackle is a more important position, a tougher position to fill with an elite player than DN. You can get edge rushers. They're, they're out there. Are really good right tackles out there? There's a few. There's a few. It, ain't, it wasn't I, ever Michael Lynch. That is not a bad take. It is so yeah. scarce. Right tackle Hard. It is so scarce because guess what? If you're a tackle in the NFL, where do you want to play? You want to play on the left side. You want to be the blind side guy because that's where the money is, right? Mm -hmm. But at right tackle, you don't really see too many right tackles out there. No, and, and what you've seen is that the average salary for right tackles has exploded the last 10 years by 200%. So it's almost like you can make almost as much money playing right tackle. It's almost as important. You don't have to be that good. Mm, well, it'd be nice if you're as good as Tristan Wirfs, who the Niners could have had. Be nice. Uh, Flave says Jed wants money first, Super Bowl second. Niners have made more money with Kyle Shanahan, Trey, Jimmy, and just contending than they ever have. Unless Kyle Shanahan gets in a fight with Jed, they start losing and profits go down. Nothing changing. Sure. I think part of the reason they've made so much money is because Kyle Shanahan's reputation has been so sterling among fans and media. And I think that this regime's stock is as low as it's ever been right now, which is wild to think about considering they've been here this long and they've had some losing seasons. But I think Niner fans and media have been really patient with them and haven't said anything disparaging. But now you're saying like, yeah, they're good, but they're good. But that quarterback thing is really weird. And even Jimmy said it. That's what's messed up. It's crazy because like this is not a bad team necessarily, but you're right. This is where the stock is kind of, you know, starting to fall just because that honeymoon period is really over. You don't have that shiny new head coach anymore. Kind of thing like that. You know that? Have you seen Training Day? You haven't seen Training Day, but there's that scene where like Denzel Washington realizes that like everyone's surrounding him and everyone's against him, and he's got no allies. It just feels like Kyle's kind of realizing that, like, okay, the owners probably think I've mishandled this quarterback situation. Jimmy said it on the record. Matt Mayoko challenged me. Like, no one agrees with me. Everyone thinks I've botched this, and now what I have to do is win the Super Bowl. Like, this is a high stakes. That's the way I see it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jed's letting them off the hook. Don't you think getting the de uh, most untruths? Hold on, Ethan. Most untruthful this team has ever been. I don't know. Do you assume they tell you the truth? I, I, a journalist is supposed to assume they're lying to you. You just kind of work from there, honestly. HB Nate says, uh, don't you think getting DJ the reps would we, what? Don't you think getting DJ the reps, we would be okay? Who's DJ? DJ. I am not sure. That was from five minutes ago. Dante Johnson. <laughs> Get Dante Johnson reps. That's. Uh, I'm that's sorry. Kenny Kenny 757 says disappointed that we didn't get to see Bosa Hargrave combo in camp. Our defense seems shaky, baby. I'm skeptical of Steve Wilkes. Damn, I missed D'Amico and Salah. 
Yeah, he's so different. And I'm surprised the Niners didn't elevate someone from inside the ranks, like someone who's been here, someone who was here with Salah and D'Amico. They don't have anyone. Like, you brought in an outsider and told them, learn what we've been doing. What could go wrong? It's so easy for him to throw up his hands midway through the season and say, hey, man, you're not even letting me do what I do. You're not even letting, like, I, you know, I, I don't have ownership. This is what you wanted me to do. I mean, you can, you know how people don't take, no one actually takes responsibility for anything in the NFL. It's the passing the blame league. You take responsibility, you're out of your job. You're out of your job. And it ain't going to be Steve Wilkes letting himself be the scapegoat. So once this, if this doesn't work, say, well, this isn't my scheme, baby. Sorry. Grant, do you believe that Kyle Shanahan has a good, has a God complex? I don't know. That's, I don't like, I guess I should. I feel like you probably shouldn't diagnose people with things that you don't know. Like I'm not a therapist and I don't know him that well. Deloaded all over the. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about that word. It's just like, it feels graphic and not suitable for work. feels like a rated R. I don't know. Should sign quarterback. Yeah. Loaded. I'm not going to read it, but I liked it. Uh, Tristan says Bosa for K one and, uh, and cards first QB one and Bosa replacement. No. No, I don't want Kyler Murray. That no. guy making a lot of money, man. He's making a lot, a lot of money. I like your idea of trading for a quarterback on a rookie deal, but also I don't really want Stroud. I don't know. How about how about Anthony Richardson? I feel like Kyle would be the perfect quarterback for Anthony, Anthony Richardson because what you could do is is develop him the way they developed Trey Lance, bury him on the bench, run him between the tackles, and then trade him for nothing in year three. I think that's that's the guy, Anthony Richardson. Now, I mean, I would like him. I don't know if Kyle would, you know, uh, kind of do right by him, but yeah. Could you trade him for Trevor Lawrence? No. No, no. And that's my point about defensive ends, okay? Yeah, Nick Bosa, great player, defensive player of the year. Hey, Jacksonville, can we trade you the best defensive player, the best non-quarterback in the league for Trevor Lawrence? Pfft, no. You know why? Because Trevor Lawrence is a quarterback. That goodbye. That's my point. Yeah. Rohan, you agree with me. You don't have no, to. No, I mean, I do. You kind of... <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. It just keeps like covering your face. I'm sorry. Uh, Ezio says, up to last year, Mahomes has thrown for 2,993 career pass attempts while earning a total of seven. Why are you making me read numbers, man? I hate reading numbers. 79 million. That's 26K per attempt. Lance has earned 25 million with 102 pass attempts. That's two, blah, blah, blah. I don't like math and numbers. Sad data. I should have read it though. 10 bucks. Let me try again. Up to last year, Mahomes has thrown almost 3,000 pass attempts while earning a total of 79 million. That's 226,000. Per attempt, I'm tripping. Lance's earned 25 million with 102 pass attempts. That's 246k per attempt. So, sad data. That's just good process right there. That's process over results, facts over feelings. Drake Jackson. Oh, oh this was the DJ Moore reps. Get Drake oh. Jackson more reps. Got it. Okay. Him. He just needs the reps, baby. Did Kyle buy this O line from Family Dollar? Pretty much. Okay, moving on. So we talked about the importance of Nick Bosa. Let's go to offense. Let's say this team has good health, good luck everywhere, but Trent Williams finally breaks down, misses most, if not all, of the season for whatever reason. He's 35. Things happen. It's football. And everyone else is there. Where does this team go without Trent Williams? I'll say this. Trent Williams is more valuable to this team than Nick Bosa because the 49ers don't have as strong of an offensive line than they do a defensive line. If Trent Williams goes down... A quarterback is going down. That's the issue. Thank you. A quarterback Thank is going you. Down. I'm glad that you said that quickly. Like, let's just, that's it. It's like the domino, the next domino is the quarterback goes down and you're done. 
Right. Like if Nick Bosa goes down, it's next man up, and you got Chris Kosarek there. Trent Williams goes down. No matter how good your offensive line coach is, your quarterback is going down. You want Jalen Moore out there? It's Jalen Moore. Jalen Moore. It's Jalen Moore. The backup. And we saw Jalen Moore struggle against second teamers in preseason, right? And this is nothing against Jalen Moore or anything like that, but he's just not a he's not a good tackle. He was drafted to play guard. They forced him at tackle, and now they've stuck with him at tackle. You want Jalen Moore out there at tackle to guard, uh, you know, to protect Brock Purdy on his blind side, especially with the way that his he, his season ended last year. I'm not sure people would be that comfortable with that. No, you could argue that the drop off from Trent Williams to Jalen Moore is the biggest drop off of any starter to backup on the team, and I think it's real simple. If Trent Williams has to miss an extended period of time, I mean, he's missed at least two games like 10 years in a row or something like that. Uh, but if he misses an extended period of time, you got to wonder what this quarterback, how long the Niners can keep their quarterback upright. Because without Trent Williams, the Niners might have the worst offensive line in the NFL. If it's Jalen Moore and Colton McKivitz, you got the worst tackles. And I, I don't know that those two started tackle for any other contending team. Trent Williams is extremely important. And if he misses five games this year, that could be too many. He's If he misses one game this year, it could be too many. He is the guy keeping the quarterback upright for now. I mean, if you talk about Trent Williams, too, a lot of people, everyone pointed right at the 49ers quarterback situation is the biggest story this year. My biggest issue with this roster was the offensive line and swing tackle. The 49ers yep. don't have a strong swing tackle option. They don't have and a swing tackle. They, have they have Jalen one. Moore and Matt Pryor. And the issue is both Crazy. of them can't play on the other side, so you roster mm-hmm. two offensive linemen instead of one for the swing tackle. And do I hate that? No, but do I hate the, like, it's not hate. Do I not like the players as much? Yes. The 49ers had ample opportunity, and that's why I still think they're not done at the position. But there were so many options back in March that you could have signed for $3 million. Instead, the 49ers went with a one-year, one like veteran minimum kind of deal for Matt Pryor. And now they're left in the situation that they are. Hell, George Fan, a guy who played with the New York Jets, not the best tackle, but a serviceable one, a guy who's played left and right with the New York Jets, guess where he signed? Houston. In the same offense of the Kyle Shanahan offense, he signed for I've always kind of liked George Fan. He signed for $3 million. You could have yeah. a swing tackle for $3 nice million. Nice swing tackle. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. That That's my biggest issue with this team. Yeah, I totally agree. Trent Williams has to be the most i mean obviously the quarterback's the most important player the most important domino but it just feels like if trent williams goes down the quarterback goes down inevitably too maybe that's i mean obviously it's not that simple but yikes gotta keep trent williams on the field but this is an interesting one too so obviously those are the two best players in the team Christian McCaffrey was so important last year, even with Trent Williams and Nick Bosa and Debo and Kyle Shanahan and all of these great, great players. Fred Warner um, team was struggling without Christian McCaffrey and the offense in particular was struggling. They were averaging 19, not even 20 points a game. Then McCaffrey comes and all of a sudden pause. They start scoring 35 points per game. Wow. Without him running backs get hurt all the time. Rohan. If he goes down week one like Raheem Mostert did a couple years ago, and that's just it. I mean, this guy played three games in a season a couple years ago, McCaffrey. If he has another one of those, what does this team do without him? Now, Christian McCaffrey, I'll say this, and uh, people might not agree. I honestly think he's more valuable to this team than Nick Bosa. 
in terms of pure value on the field. Contract situation-wise and things like that, you easily go with Nick Bosa given positional value in the NFL. But you don't win a Super Bowl. You don't have a chance at a Super Bowl if you don't have Christian McCaffrey on this team. And last year proved that. You were averaging, like you said, around 19 points a game for the first eight weeks of the season. You were a middling team. You were three and four. And then yeah. you ended up winning 12 straight games. Why did you win 12 straight games? Well, you brought in the best running back in the NFL. That perfectly fits your system. Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. was the catalyst of this offensive unit last year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Brandon Ayuk, who had a phenomenal year, but it wasn't Debo Samuel. It wasn't even Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo. It was Christian McCaffrey because it made mm-hmm. his 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 role makes it so much easier for the quarterbacks. Why? Because guess what? If you're a quarterback that struggles with processing, what can you do? Go ahead, check it down. Because that's that's an option that'll always be there. If you're a quarterback that can't throw deep down the field, what can you do? Check it down. And the 49ers, they've been searching for that option, but they never had it. And so Christian McCaffrey, I think the 49ers can't win a Super Bowl if they don't have Christian McCaffrey. Now, I think Trent Williams is more important because I think the season is really over if you don't have Trent Williams, given the strength of the offensive line and the backup unit, compared to where you still have serviceable backups for the 49ers at running back without Christian McCaffrey. But I, I still think he's more valuable than Nick Bosa, and I think that you don't want a Super Bowl without him. I agree. I think, and what makes him so valuable, he has the most unique skill set. He really is a dual threat running back, and his primary value comes as a receiver. Like, you could argue Elijah Mitchell's a better ball carrier than Christian McCaffrey. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the numbers actually bear that out. But when Elijah Mitchell's on the field, you know he's not catching the ball. But with McCaffrey, your primary concern is him catching the ball over anything else. And then you can play off that, you know, I mean, that makes him a more effective ball carrier because he might be facing a nickel defense just because someone has to be out there who can cover him. And now you have a light box. Or you can get someone else open because you're so freaked out about covering the check down, the screen, the angle route, whatever, to Christian McCaffrey. I do think, especially with this limited skill set at quarterback, that McCaffrey, I don't know how far they can go without him. I mean, this is an offense with a ton of talent that could be scoring 20 points a game without him. He's so important. He really is. And he's 200 pounds, and he plays running back, and they really got to make sure that they pace him and keep him healthy. They did that in, in training camp. You were there. He didn't really work that much in training camp. Debo did. But McCaffrey, like, man, don't get him hurt in September, please. Please. That's the f- Can you do that? Please? Please. And I got to ask me. you this because overall – the 49ers are heralded, right, as one of these ta- uh, teams with the most offensive talent, yet they only scored 19 points. And this is where I get to the quarterback situation because when you talk about this team, you have Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. Most teams don't have those three type of players on their team, and you're only scoring 19 points a game in those, you know, in the early portion of the, uh, of the season. And again, Jimmy Garoppolo was there. Trey Lance was there for some games. Uh, but – I think that, you know, that's a part of the issue where this team is so talented, yet you're not able to put it in the end zone. I mean, Kittle already has a groin injury. Like, he got that, that, that just from... Word? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he called adductor. That's the new okay. word for groin. I don't know when groin became adductor, but it's groin. He injured it in training camp. This was before the joint practices. He came back. He injured it again. Like... Kittle's like, to me, he's that kind of guy. He's that kind of player at this point in his career. You always got to wonder about his availability. Same with Elijah Mitchell. Like McCaffrey is the one who needs to be the Iron Man this year. Debo isn't. I mean, he's in great shape, but he, he the guys who need to be healthy are the, the quarterback, the running back, and the split end. 
And that's the expectation. It has to happen. Has to happen. Those, yeah, that's what it is. So let's switch gears for a second and take a minute to acknowledge my sponsor, BetUS, which is like the number one site for you to place any type of wager. If you're talking casino games, sports gambling, you want to bet on the four. Let's say you want to bet on Brock Purdy because you're a big Brock Purdy fan, you're a big Niner fan, and you're looking, what is the over-under for Brock Purdy passing touchdowns this year? Well, you can go right to BetUS, go to their sports book, click on football, click on NFL player stats, click on touchdown passes, and scroll down, Brock Purdy, 25 and a half, over-under, minus 15, if you want to bet on that. Rohan, what do you think? What are you saying? 25 and a half for Brock Purdy, over-under. That is tough. Uh, okay, I'll say this. I'll say under because I honestly think he gets injured before the season ends. So I'll say under. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like to say um, over would be betting on his health because statistically he would have been on pace for more than two, 25 and a half. And the way the Niners use him, I think he could, if he played 17 games, he could be their first quarterback to throw 30 touchdown passes since um, – Jeff Garcia, more than 20 years ago, or about 20 years ago. So I think he could, but this is a bet. Not It's like a sneaky bet. You're not really betting on the touchdowns. You're betting on Brock Purdy's health and how many games he'll play. And based on deloading, now that this is a phrase, that I, a word that I know, I have to take the under. So that's an interesting one. If you want to make the bet, go to BetUS. Click the link in my description, and they, you will receive a 125% bonus, meaning if you put down 100 bucks, they put down 125 Very generous of them. Do it today. Go bet for or against Brock Purdy. Be a hater. Be a lover. Just you pick. All right, last thing. Let's say, so we both said we don't expect Brock Purdy to make it through the season for whatever cynical reasons we have. But you know what? History would sort of say that's a pattern. Okay. So the question really comes down to, can the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Sam Darnold this season? I think Kyle Shanahan thinks the answer is, Hell yeah. What do you think? No. Uh, I don't even <laughs> think they'll win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's the, that that's so the definitive. No. 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 Um, no. I, I, don't, I don't even think they'll win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. The reason being, I don't think the quarterback play is good enough. I watched him in training camp. I'm not going to say you know the three weeks or the 10 practices or whatever that I watched were definitive of what Brock Purdy could be. But – I came into the season not confident with any of the three options the 49ers have. Obviously, they traded one of them. But anytime you have a situation like this where we're talking about the backup quarterback in this situation, that's not that 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 that's not providing that much confidence, you know, in your starter. And Sam Darnold, I think he can look good in this offense. I think that he'll look better than he ever has been um, in his career. But I still don't think it's good enough to win a Super Bowl. Can they make the NFC Championship game? Absolutely. Sure. I, you can you can even pin them down to even make it potentially the Super Bowl. Do I think they can win it, though? No. And history proves that where you need a very good quarterback to make the Super Bowl or to win the Super Bowl. Oh, sorry, to win the Super Bowl. Not make, because Jimmy made it a couple of years ago. But to win the Super Bowl, you need a very good quarterback. I think if someone said yes, they would point to Nick Foles, right? Nick Foles was a backup. He was on a good team. He played for a little while, won the Super Bowl. I don't know that Sam Darnold is, Darnold is Nick Foles. I'm looking at Nick Foles. When he was 24, he was a starter. He went 8-2. and two. He threw 27 touchdowns and two picks. Quarterback rating was 119. He went to the Pro Bowl. Like That wasn't on the greatest team ever. It was with Chip Kelly. Like 
Sam Darnold never had a season like that, never will have a season like that. I thought Nick Foles for his career was 29 and 29. He always played pretty well. The issue with him in Philly was he would get hurt a lot. He would take hits. I don't think the Sam Darnold is going to be that guy. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe being predictable and cynical here, I just feel like if the season comes down to him, and we both think it will, then it's. I don't think they're going to win a playoff game with Sam Darnold. And if Sam Darnold goes out there and looks ridiculous on a in a big in a, on the big stage in a big game for the Niners, once again we're looking at Kyle like this is the guy you believed in. We're supposed to take you seriously as an offensive genius quarterback whisperer. You got Sam Darnold out here playing like Sam Darnold, ruining this. Like you could have had someone else. You could have drafted Dorian Thompson Robinson. You could have had Trey Lance, but this is who you wanted, right? So. I think a lot comes down. I think a lot's going to come down to Sam Darnold this year, and that's going to be interesting for Kyle. If this dude has to play meaningful snaps in big games, and it ain't good, he's a, he had one advocate in the world. In the world, I don't know. I think I he'll know. play. I, I do think, and it's unfortunate. I, play. I don't want to. I don't want to wish injury on anybody, but unfor- given the history with the 49ers, I do think he'll play. And so. We'll, we'll see what happens when he does play. I don't think he'll look bad. I just don't think the 49ers can overall win a Super Bowl. They can make it very far. just don't think that Super Bowl is kind of in their – which is why I think they pivot in 2024. I feel like Darnold could look functional running the offense, like being a game manager. But the difference between him, I feel like, and Purdy is like when, when the play breaks down, Purdy kind of is good at doing things off script. And Darnold seems like he has no idea what he wants to do. He kind of freezes. He, he's just so indecisive. He has the tools to make plays, and sometimes he'll make a nice, like the, the touchdown throw he had in the red zone was nice. And it was, but a lot of times it's like, man, do you want to scramble? Do you want to throw? Do, like, do you want to stay in the pocket? Do you want to leave? Do you know? Have you made up your mind? Whereas Purdy seems to kind of at least make a decision and go with it. That's my problem with, with, with Brock and I mean, with, with Darnold. And I think that indecisiveness leads to terrible mistakes. We'll I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One more thing before we get out, before we take some more um, super chats, that's- is uh, Hensley Solar, great, the great Ryan G. Hensley, does, my, does a show with me on uh, Mondays, also was a solar salesman, 31 states. And like, why would you not want to work with someone you know and trust? You know Ryan G. Hensley. So if you know someone, if you, if you or someone you know needs residential or commercial solar, Hensley Solar covers 31 states. You can also make $1,000 if you refer someone to use Hensley Solar and they have it installed. That's a lot of money. Just email your most recent electricity bill to Ryan at RyanGHensley.com and Hensley's team will show you how much money they can save your family or business. Contact Hensley Solar today. The link is in the description. Again, it's Ryan at Ryan G. Hensley. I trust him. You should too. Anyway, let's look at the rest of the comments. Drake Jackson. No. On the goal line, why is making a big deal about how Purdy is going to be 24 in December and the only quarterbacks to win it all at that age are Big Ben, Mahomes, and Brady? Was Mahomes even 24 or was he 25? Maybe 24. I think it might have been Russell Wilson. It might have been Russell Wilson who was that age. I don't know. But yeah, it doesn't happen very often. But it could be Purdy. Purdy's already defied the odds. I'm not like... And they could win the Super Bowl this year, and it would be really incredible. I'm not discounting that, but I feel like they're walking the tightrope here. Daza, if we're in win-now mode, why would we want picks for Bosa? We would need a player or package of players with the same impact. 
Agree. Agree. And it's a little late to bring in a quarterback, huh? Teaching the offense. Although some of the best quarterback play the Niners have had the last five, six years has been when quarterbacks didn't know Kyle's offense. Kev F, Niners or Dubs more likely to win a chip this season? Ooh, the Dubs. Maybe. I, I don't know. That's the Dubs. Because they're champions. Aisha Malik says, late to the stream, so sorry if you already covered this. Report Bosa Niners trying to bridge $4 million per year gap in contract talks. I think the Niners will cave. My, my thing is, at least it's four. It's not $7 million like they were with Debo. But if it's four per year and it's a five million dollar, if it's a five year contract, that means they're twenty million dollars apart. Oh, four Yikes. per year. Oh, uh, four I mean, per year. Yeah, yeah but uh, you expect that from the Niners. Well, they're gonna cave. Noah says Kyle Shannon after uh, winning Super Bowl, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. That's a uh, reference to the movie I was talking about, Trading Day. Surf D says, "Can we vote on numbers? You ask in press conference via poll." Can we vote on questions? Numbers. I'm having a tough time today. Come on, questions you ask in press conference via poll. Sure, next time. Uh, I have a sore elbow like Brock. I don't play sports. It says deloaded everywhere. Jokes. Thank you. My anyway. Rohan, tell everyone what you got going on on your channel. Make sure you check out Rohan's, Rohan's channel and subscribe to it because it's great. He's just in college, but he's way ahead of the curve. He watched all of training camp. He's been doing that. What are you doing? I mean, we got, we got content coming up every day or nearly every day until you know week one i mean i'm excited for week one but make sure you guys check out the channel we'll have a lot of stuff coming on soon but grant i do want to give this moment to appreciate you thank you for uh, having me on and i mean it's a blast a good show my pleasure thanks for doing the show with me thanks everyone for being here uh there's one more zam dunk says grant please acknowledge how we have an easy schedule easy road to first seed eagles have a tough schedule we'll be all right buddy if pretty stays healthy that's news to me yo it's is it an easy that, schedule? It's, it's a lot of travel. Mm -hmm. Don't they have like the most like the most miles or or the, the, no? They have the fewest days of rest between games, wow. isn't that right? Okay. Something like that. They, I mean, they they got a lot of travel too. Yeah, I have to do it. I'm exhausted already. Sorry, I'll live. Thank you, Zam Dunk. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Rohan. I'm out. See you guys later. Have a for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.